Welcome to the In God She Trust podcast with your host. My name is Kitri Cooper. And I'm Tasha Messenger. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, hey. How you feeling? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing because we just had this like <laughs> pre-meeting where we were just like, da, 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 da. Yeah. like, let me just tell you everything that's happened in my life. <laughs> we both last... have tears in our eyes still and it's all good, but yeah. we're good. <laughs> we're fine. You know, just, you know, sometimes life just feels overwhelming and you just have to like, you need a friend's ear to be like, I just need to vent really fast and I'll be fine afterwards. Yeah, it's funny. And, you know, we don't really get to communicate too much during the week mm-hmm. with each other and it's kind of the get together time. And it's just funny because it's just like word vomit. You know, yeah, because like other. you run a business, I run a business. We both have like a billion other things going on and we're like, and this happened happened this week and mm. this happened this week and this feels overwhelming and yeah. you know so it was just kind of like our ah, let's get everything out in the open so it doesn't like and, and now up. we're just mentally exhausted so that's the end of the show <laughs> thanks fine no, no we're just joking <laughs> uh, uh yeah no it's it's been it's been a worldly week let's put it that way I guess I think that yeah. the the things of the world have been um it's been good because it just it constantly reminds you who's in charge but it's been mm. just kind of one of those things that you're like oh give me a victory today please lord because this has just been a little rough yeah oh really fast before I forget because I've forgotten the last two episodes mm. I just want to thank um, my friend Jordan Carr, he is the guy who oh, produced yeah. our song and he, uh, he produced the, the short little trailer, yeah. um, that we released, you know, before the first two episodes came out. So I just wanted to do a shout out to him. Um, he does good work people. So go hire him for stuff yeah. like that. He's like, don't do that. I'm already busy, but I just wanted to, <laughs> to yeah. thank him for that. But he's really kind of. Yeah, brought it all together and made it nice and complete for us. Yeah, so awesome. and he's just like, whatever help you need, I'm going to help you because I want to, you know, support you. And he's he's a good dude. So I just wanted to thank him because I was like, dang it, I forgot to do that again because <laughs> I want to thank him. He's, I mean, he's the type of person he doesn't, you know, need thanks or want thanks, but he's going to get it anyways. So That's anyways, sweet. but yeah, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. So, but cool. anyways. Back to the story. No, <laughs> just um, But yeah, it's just been, I told Tasha, it was just, I've just felt like Satan is just really coming after us hard. And one thing, you know, like that we had kind of mentioned in like a text message before, um, like back and forth between us is we're both just like, yep, I'm just going to continue speaking out faith. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to continue to speak out God's promises. And we mentioned it in the first episode two weeks ago, um, how that's a big thing that we've learned. And that was something that we learned, um, at camp meeting. And that was something that's just been kind of being pounded into our heads. And so, which is great because, you know, when, when spiritual attack does come, we have like weapons in our, our arsenal. arsenal. I almost said arsonry and I was like, that is not it. Arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know guys. We were talking about fire last week. Oh yeah. yeah. Is that what, is that what that word is? Arson. Arson. Yeah. Arson. I don't know if arsonry is a word, but. Arsonry. Someone's going to be like, yeah, it is a word or no, it's not. Anyway. Fact check us. Fact check us. <laughs> but so, you know, we thought that that is a topic that deserves an episode in and of itself mm. just because there's so much to it that, you know, people don't really understand. I didn't fully understand. And I think I still don't to like a certain degree, you know, it's something that we're stepping out and it's something that we're learning, but it's something that we've started to see the fruits of. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you actually had an idea to kind of talk about this book. So do you do, do you kind of want to? Yeah. So over? one of the books that they gave us at camp meeting, well, I guess it was the book they gave us at camp meeting. Um, it's called The Spirit of Faith by Mark Hankins. And this book is like phenomenal. Yeah. It's powerful. It's super powerful. And I still, ha- I'm almost all the way through it, but I started reading it like I would a book, just read chapter, chapter, chapter. And mm-hmm. I was about the fifth chapter in, and I was like, I can't read this book like this. Mm-hmm. Like I have to start back at the beginning and I have to meditate on these things because there's so much fuel and meat. And you almost have to read the chapter twice yeah, to get everything do. or more than once. Yep. And there's a, there's a lot of times that I do that. Like I'll read it through and then I go back and I start over. And then I like, I have a whole notebook that I've just been mm-hmm. writing notes in off of each chapter. And, um, I've, I've never been one. This will make you cringe country because I know you're like color coordinate, like everything has a reason <laughs> type of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I actually started having to color coordinate my notes that I'm taking because it, it was making so much sense to me that uh-huh. things were falling into categories. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I, I highlight it. my Bible the same. I, way. I'm sure you do the same way. Like I have a little colors for everything. However, they're the, the highlighters that I got from your store. Oh yeah. Um, and so like they had already like little categories mm-hmm. on it. So it just kind of helped, but I love it because then it just kind of helps you focus in on certain things mm-hmm. and, you know, certain things. We're so I'm different. Up. You've I got your it. Bible tabs like all lined up and like, I love it. yeah, I'm just like, no, I can't, I couldn't, I can't do Bible tabs cause I don't have the patience for it. And everything's just like handwritten and like underlined sloppily in my Bible. And you know, <laughs> mine doesn't <laughs> always look cute. So I have some ugly notes in there, but yeah, but I, yeah, it's just my, how my brain works, but, but yeah, there's been, there's been several times that I've been reading through this book and it has just been epiphany, 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 and mm-hmm. just things that just speak to me and make sense. And you're like, oh my gosh, I get that. Yep. And I was reading through one of them this past week and I, I messaged Kitchery and I said, this whole chapter is just fire. Yeah. Like, it is amazing. And it was really all about the speech center, um, in our, in our, in our lives and how we utilize speech in our faith and what speaking really means, speaking out in faith means. Mm -hmm. And all throughout this book, it's been really good because it really highlights the fact that everything happens through words and Jesus created, you know, so many miracles through his words. And it was, it's all about believing and, and, speaking. I mean, that's the theme, believe and speak and that God created the world because of words. Yeah. And I mean, he performed miracles without even seeing the person there, Yeah, you know, or there's like a, a girl who's sick and they're like, you need to come with, and he's like, because of your faith, she's healed. And he didn't even, he didn't even see her. He didn't lay eyes on her. He didn't lay hands on her. He just said, she's healed. Go home and she's healed. And then look at that. She's healed. Well, and it's, it's just like that. It's, you know, the guy was, um, had, I think it was his daughter. I think that's what you're talking about. Potentially. I'm, I don't know, but he, there's two stories. There's yeah, a couple of stories, couple but stories. he, the guy told him, he was like, you know, it's going to take days by the time you get to my daughter, mm-hmm. she's going to be dead. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was like, because of your faith right here, mm-hmm. she's healed now go home. She's healed. But had that guy not been like, look, Jesus, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I totally believe that all you have to do is just move your little pinky finger and she'll be good, you know? 
And it was just pretty amazing that, that our words have so much power. Yeah. And yeah, this chapter was pretty awesome. And I just told her, I said, man, I was like, it's, we just need to kind of talk about a little bit. It was a servant where I think we're both thinking of the, the story of the centurion. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, where he was a he was a Roman centurion, which means like he was hated amongst yep. the Jews and stuff. But like, and he went to Jesus. A Roman went to a Jew, which is really backwards um, for that time period. And he's like, I have a servant at home who is suffering terribly, and um, you know, he he was just like, I know you can. And it was like the faith of this one Roman soldier. And then Jesus was like, Oh, he's healed. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's what we're thinking of. There is another one where there's like a daughter and then there's another one, there's a son. He did a lot <laughs> of a lot stuff, of guys. There's a lot of healing. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was one quote from the book that I wanted to touch on um, because sometimes you can't, it's, or you, it's hard to speak in faith when you don't know who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, there's a quote from this book. It's on page 37. So if you guys ever want to get this book, it's called The Spirit of Faith by Mark Hankins, like Tasha said. And on page 37, there's a quote from E.W. Kenyon, and it says, The reason the majority of Christians are weak, though they are earnest, is because they have never dared to make a confession of who they are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And E.W. Kenyon, if you have any chance to read anything by him, absolutely do. He's especially good on talking about the blood covenant, but that's such a mm-hmm. such a powerful quote that he has there. And... You know, one of the verses that stood out to me in this chapter was Matthew twelve thirty seven, and it said, by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing I like so much about this book is that it, <laughs> I like and I hate, mm-hmm. is that it gives you those oh, conviction moments. A little gut punch. Yeah, a little bit. And there's been so many of those that, I've read, but it's all about our speech. And, you know, we were talking about having some struggle this week, but still speaking out in faith and talking about who we are in Christ. And that, that has been really hard. There was a moment this week and I've been super sick and my kids have been super sick and I was just not in a mindset to do anything but want to sleep. And I was literally sitting on the bathroom floor and I was forcing myself to mm-hmm. speak out loud by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have healed my body. I, I would sit there and I'd say, you know, I curse the spirit of infirmity in me, mm-hmm. and I am whole because you created me whole. Yep. And as I'm sitting there trying not to lose my lunch, you know, on the bathroom floor, <laughs> but yes. But you have to speak those things out because the minute you're sitting there and you say, I'm sick, Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say I'm strong. Yes. And it's, yes. it's such a powerful thing. And it's not, it doesn't sit there and say, let us think that we are strong. It says, let us say that we are strong. Let yep. the weak say I am strong. And that's why th- this chapter was like crazy because it said something about, um, like I'll read this little this little paragraph in here, but it said the speech center in the brain exercises dominion over the whole central nervous system. Mm. When the speech center is stimulated, the entire central nervous system responds. This means that when anyone says I am weak, the speech center sends out the message to the whole body to prepare to be weak. Yes. Isn't that powerful? It's super powerful. And you know, we're, we're talking about words, but I also feel like I have to interject this in here too, but what you, what you think 
ultimately comes out in what you say. Yeah. What, you know, so, you know, that's why um, it says in Romans, um, it says um, that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then it also says out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so like your mind, you know, if you constantly meditate on the negative and meditate on weakness and meditate on sickness, then eventually you're just going to start speaking it out. Mm -hmm. And then it's just going to get into your spirit and get into your heart. And that's just constantly, you know, what your words will constantly say is what you think, what you feel and what you believe honestly to be true. And that's hard to, to change that, especially if you've made it such a habit to be like, you know, you know, life is just, life is just not going to get any better. I'm not going to get any better. This is happening. Life is out to get me. God isn't there. You know, all that stuff. If you've made that a habit and you've made that negative thinking a habit, it's hard to, and you know, like I didn't make that a habit in my life, but you know, like I had mentioned in the first episode is like the sarcasm was, was really big. And sometimes it's, it's easy for me to fixate on like the negatives right in front of me. And so that's when Jesus is like, that's why you have to put me in front of you. Mm -hmm. So you see me instead of your problem, because I've been reading through Psalms and the biggest theme that the Holy Spirit has been showing me through Psalms right now is that he is our shield. He is our, he guards us. He is our protector. And that is one thing he just keeps showing me over and over. And so we have to see who he is and know who we are in him. And then we can start speaking that out. And that's something that's hard if you've made it a, a habit. Um, but, and it's, like I said, it's something that we're both walking through and it's something that we've both learned but I think we've already started to see those fruits of it. And, you know, to be honest with you, in retrospect, I was talking about this with my kids in Sunday school about how other people's words affect you. Mm-hmm. And we, one thing that we've been kind of taught to say is that if somebody speaks something ill on you, you know, you say, I cancel the assignment of those words. Please stop Excuse saying me. sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Do not teach that to your children. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't do absolutely that. not because words have power they do and I think that that's actually where you and I have both are a lot of our struggles personally mm-hmm. have stemmed is because of words that were spoken to us th- through past situations and mm-hmm. the way that we were treated and talked to um yep and it's even though we we've we've had this conversation and I think it applies to so many people that even though you're smart enough to recognize that those people are the problem, those words still hurt super bad. And that's what's kind of hard is because you're sitting there and you're like, look, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not these things, but that, but you, you feel those things inside mm-hmm. and it's because of those words. And yep. it goes back to that illustration that I thought was so powerful that you gave a couple of episodes ago because of the, about the water and the water that the they water. spoke over mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And it makes so much sense. And if you guys yep. haven't listened to that episode, do you want to just recap that? Just yeah, real quick? really fast. So uh, a lady in my church, um, was speaking over this exact situation. And she said that the scientists did a study where they took two Petri dishes or bowls of water and they, over one bowl spoke nothing but negative, hate, cruel curses over this bowl of water. And then the other bowl of water, they spoke nothing but positivity and happiness and joy and, you know, all of that stuff. And then they froze it. 
Well, what happened um, when they, you know, put it under a microscope is they found that the uh, negative bowl of water, um, when it crystallized, when it was frozen, it was like blobs. The crystals of the water were unformed. They were chaotic. It was just kind of all over the place. And then the bowl of water that they spoke the positivity stuff to, um, they found that the how it crystallized was beautiful and it was neat and it was symmetrical and and then she was like your body is made up of 70 percent water she's like so if the you know if that just bowls of water like maybe eight ounces of water through words could show a scientific impact like what what does your body do under stuff like that and so that's why, you know, we have to be very, very careful over what we speak over ourselves. And that's why we have to be careful over what we speak to to others as well. Yeah, and I had never heard that before. And when you had told me that, I still remember just having so much clarity. And, and I had said something about, you know, God spoke this world into existence. And, Absolutely. and it just seemed to make sense. We've been listening and hearing words matter, words matter. Don't say this. Don't put a curse on yourself. Don't put a curse mm-hmm. on others. And, um, and, and. Curse is a strong word, but that's really what it is when you say, hey, you're stupid or you're whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so it really just like hit home and it mm-hmm. all just seemed like that clarity seemed to open up about the power and why words are more than just words. I mean, they're life and life or death. And, you know, this chapter, it says anytime... Anytime God wants to change someone's life, he touches their mouth. Yes. says God changes lives through mouth to mouth. He puts words in our mouth to bring life, salvation, and healing. But then it went on to say Satan recognizes the power of spoken words. Absolutely, he does. constantly trying to get man to speak the words that contaminate, defile, and destroy. And I use this illustration in... Sunday school and I've used it with my kids before and it was so powerful with them that I took it to Sunday school and I took a piece of paper and it was just a normal clean piece of construction paper and I went around to each of my kids and I said say something mean to the paper Mm -hmm. and they kind of looked at me like and it was really hard because some of these kids were like I don't want to say anything mean oh little cute babies but they they would they were like I don't like your color and so Mm -hmm. when they said that I crinkled a little corner and then Mm. the next kid was like you you're crinkled like that was immediately one of the next ones like you're broken you're broken yeah and so I crinkled a little bit more and I went to the next one and you're dumb paper and crinkle crinkle Mm. and we went around the room and by the time we were at the end I had crumpled it so much that when I opened it back up there was tears in it it was crinkled it was and and I told them I said Before you guys spoke bad words to this paper, was it like this? And they said, nope. And so then I held up another piece of paper that was clean and pure. And I said, this is what Jesus thinks of you. This Mm, is how Jesus sees you. And I showed him the crinkle and I said, this is what the world thinks of you. Mm -hmm. I said, so which one matters? And they were like, the one that's, you know, nice. The one, and I said, yeah, the one that Jesus thinks of you. Mm -hmm. And I said, it doesn't matter even though you may be broken and crumpled and ripped and torn and ugly, you know, because of what the world sees you as. And what somebody has spoken over you. Because of of things that people have said to you. This, and I held the Jesus paper in front of it, I said, this is still the one that matters, and this is what Jesus thinks of you. That's so powerful. Can we meditate on that really fast? I don't want to skip past that. I really don't, because I feel like I started getting a little Mm teary-eyed. 
And you were just explaining what that you taught that to kids. And I feel like there's somebody else out there who really needed that because I know I have felt that way where I feel like only like the people will only see me for my mistakes and what other people think of me or all of that stuff. And you know that I'm walking through a season where the Holy Spirit is really working on me to get rid of that people pleasing aspect Mm -hmm. and to really seek validation from him before all else. And that's just so powerful that, you know, even though the world sees you as broken, crumpled and, you know, gross Mm -hmm. or dumb or stupid or whatever is that Jesus doesn't see you that way. Not at all. And none of none of it matters. And and the, what the thing that's very powerful is he says, bring your crumpled paper mm-hmm. to me. I don't see it. He's like, I'm big enough to handle mm-hmm. every crack, crinkle, rip, tear, everything yep. that you have. And there's there's nothing too big or too small that he doesn't want to deal with. Yep. And I, I just, I felt like we really needed to meditate on that no, for it's, a second. It's really good. And it's very powerful because one thing that I told him, I said, you know, I held up that paper and I said, did Jesus do this to you? Did Jesus do this to this paper? And they were like, no. And I said, so who did it? And they were like the world, bad people. Can I just, can I just, can I, can I, can I, can I just, <laughs> sorry. Like I was looking at Tasha. There's a good thing that we don't video record this. My mouth dropped open because the Holy Spirit pop something in my brain he's like how he's like there are so many people out there who church people crinkled them yeah people who are supposed to be the hands and feet of jesus Mm -hmm. and to show people his love ended up crinkling their paper Mm -hmm. and a lot of people say that god did that but god didn't do that not at all that those were other humans those were other broken crumpled and crinkled humans that that did that and so my mouth literally dropped open Tasha can attest to this but he was just like a lot of people who are supposed to love Jesus and were called to love other people were the ones who crinkled the paper and now other people view God as those people who crinkled their paper and who ripped them and broke them but that's not it so like Number one, if that's you, I'm sorry that happened to you because that is not how we're called to be. Hate and belittling and judgment is not something that we are called to do. Um, We're supposed to do everything in love and walk in love. Now, like I've said, not love sometimes looks like sitting you down and telling you things that you don't want to hear. However, I do know that like church people have done damage to people who have turned them away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sorry if that happened to you, but you have to recognize that we cannot view a perfect God through the imperfect lenses of our humanity. Yeah, absolutely. And so God didn't do that to you. What he wants to do is he wants to take your crinkled, crumpled paper and he wants to heal it and he wants to make you perfect again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so true and it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow to look at that. It's a good visualization. And even to this day, because like I said, I just taught it in Sunday school on Sunday, but it's been something that I've done with my kids for a long time. And so when, you know, my son, he just did it actually the other day. Yeah. He wasn't feeling good and no excuses, but he said something to his sister and I just looked at him and I said, Hey, 
I said, you just crinkled her paper. Mm. And he was like, sorry. Yeah. You know? And and we do it all the time. We say stuff and can't take it back. You yeah. can't unwrinkle that once it's out there and it's wrinkled. Yep. And that's the thing that we have to remember. Another visual that I, I saw that I, I it came across my social media is that a middle school teacher did this with her class. And she took a tube of toothpaste and every time they said something negative, she squeezed some out and oh, she squeezed yeah. some out. She squeezed them all the way until all of the toothpaste was out of the tube. And so then she had them take turns and she said, put the toothpaste back in the tube now. Yeah, can't do it. And they couldn't do it. And she's like, that is what happens when you speak evil and negative over somebody's life is once it's out there, you can't put it back mm -hmm. in. So you have to be very aware of what you say. And I know we're, we're, we're saying this a lot towards other people, but please do not speak that over yourself yeah. either. That's that's absolutely the truth because that's that clean piece of paper. What does Jesus say to you? And which one are you going to choose to believe? Are mm -hmm. you going to believe the nice, pure, clean piece of paper because it has all the wonderful things that Jesus speaks about yourself? Or are you going to call yourself the things that are the crumpled piece of paper? And your, your ability to... Forgive yourself. That's going to be in that. Maybe we do another episode on forgiveness. Oh yeah. But that's, that's hard because it goes back to that realm of you don't forgive yourself for those things. So you start speaking nastiness to yourself and it's yep. just like, you're sp just, just say, I'm not, I'm not bowl of water. And yeah. how am I forming my crystals inside How are you crinkling me? your own paper? Yeah, exactly. And that's basically yeah. exactly what it is. There's a verse um, that's listed in the book that I circled for good reason. It's James 3, 2 through 5, and it's the message translation. It says, if you can find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Yes. That's so powerful. Yep. That's so powerful. I mean, I just, I circled it and I just sat on it for a long time because, yeah. And then, you know, Proverbs, um, I believe it's 1821 or 2118. It's 1821. It says, life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So, Death is in the power of your tongue. And if you constantly speak out death or speak out those negatives or speak out those curses, you're eating the fruit of death. Mm. And Satan loves that because that's yeah. what he wants for you. Yeah. But life is also in the power of your tongue as well. My, my mom always said the strongest muscle in your body is your tongue. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, it's the one you use the most. It's the thing that it gets the most exercise. She's like, so it has the most power over any muscle in your body. And I remember, she said that to me when I was like eight. I'm 28. It's been two decades. I still remember that. She always says the, the strongest muscle is your tongue. Yeah. And it's backed up by scripture everywhere. And it, uh, that's what one thing I really like about this book because um, I don't like listening to anything or reading something if it isn't backed up by scripture. And... Um, one thing that really stood out to me in this book, I highlighted it. It's a little long, but it's, it's fine. We're going to keep going. Um, it's on page 217, and I'll read it out here. It says, the speaking part is vital to faith. 
faith is released or put into work by speaking. Again, if you're silent, you lose by default. I felt like that was mm-hmm. really powerful. If you're silent, you silent, you, you lose. Because a lot of people say, well, if I don't do anything, I'm, I'm fine. No, doing nothing is still failing. Doing nothing is still losing. Yep. And then it goes on to say, in Mark 11, 23, Jesus used three different Greek words to explain the speaking part of faith. The first say, quote unquote say, is the Greek word epo, which means command. It shows the authority of the believer. The second reference to speaking that Jesus used was the word saith. Um, this word in the Greek is lelio. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not sure. It's Greek, so, and I'm not <laughs> it's Greek. to me. So, yeah, is the Greek word lelio, which means to speak out, use your own voice, and be bold. And then the third reference to speaking is also the word saith, but it was written differently in Greek. However, that Greek word is lego. Mm-hmm. which means a systematic set discourse. At toy, store, at toy stores, we see Lego sets that contain building blocks for children to construct according to the diagram or picture on the box. Jesus said, I am giving you a set of Lego building blocks that you can use to frame your world according to the picture and diagram I have given you in the word of God. The Bible has given us a set of Lego building blocks for salvation, healing, blessing, prosperity, and victory in life. Take the word of God and build by putting his word in your mouth and framing your future. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I, I, yep. I was like, whoo. It seems so simple and it's something that we do all the time and you just walk out and listen to conversations and people. I was, <laughs> I was in the chiropractor on Monday and snap, I snap, snap, crackle and pop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Crack me like a glow stick, doc. I need an adjustment. <laughs> so weird. I, I know. <laughs> of course she says snap, crackle and pop. And my, my nineties childhood immediately goes to the rice, rice Krispies. Krispies. That's yeah. exactly where <laughs> mine goes to. But yeah, I was in there and they were putting me on ice after I had got done getting readjusted and there was a couple of other people in there that knew each other and they were, I was in there for 10 minutes on ice and the entire time that I was in there, they did nothing but gossip Ooh. and talk about their spouses and their children. Oh, can we talk on this, please? <laughs> Let's do it. Can we, can we please... Uh, yeah. Okay. I have a bone to pick. I do. <laughs> She's getting all tense. I'm like, I'm, I'm tightening. She's my tight- I was like, her ponytail's getting tired. I have a bone to pick with people <laughs> who do nothing but nag and speak negativity over your spouse. Ooh, it's a hard one. I, I, once again, I am not married, but I have eyes and I have ears. And I know the marriages that are working because they speak to each other with respect. Because the Bible says that man and woman, when they are married, they become one body. So what you speak out over your spouse, you are also speaking out over yourself. Yes. And the... And I, I went to a wedding this summer. Lo- love the couple. This is absolutely nothing against the couple. I do, however, have a problem with the people who gave speeches. <laughs> there is nothing more cringy 
than going to a wedding, you see this couple make a beautiful oath before God to become one unit, to love each other as Christ loved the church, to submit to each other, to act in love and respect. And then people get up and they give speeches like, oh, yep, marriage is slavery. Oh, Wife is always right. Hope you like being wrong all the time because this is like, this is your last day of freedom. This is your last day of happy. I was, I was so mad. I'm still mad. If you can't hear it in my voice, I'm still mad about it. You literally took a beautiful day and you immediately within the first hours of marriage, put a curse on that couple. Absolutely. You did. I'm, I'm mad right now. And then, and then. Oh, and like everyone's like, don't get married. It's the worst thing you could do. That's the, that is the, that is the biggest desire of my heart. And it sucks when like, if you have a, if you have a fight with your spouse and then you go to other people, especially like if they're engaged or dating or even single and you're like, marriage is, marriage is stupid. Like, don't get married. My husband's stupid. And and then you start trash talking your spouse to other people. That's trash. Mm -hmm. That's pure trash. I, I do not appreciate that. I understand that people can get frustrated. And this, like, I understand that marriage is hard. You're taking two people who used to be two independent people and you're putting them together. That's very different. You're taking two separate worlds and you're trying to collide them together. But, oh, my gosh, do not, it, like, when, when I get married, if anyone makes some sort of speech mm. like that, oh, my gosh, they're, they're being, they're, being escorted out of the building. And it's not to say that you can't say, say I would go to Kitchery and be like, hey, Kitchery. I have this problem. It's way different. Yeah, it's totally different. Way and different. Say, I, I need prayer. I need you to help me, my heart right now. This is what I'm struggling with. I'm coming to you mm-hmm. because I need, I need something. Yeah, and asking for spiritual guidance yep. and asking for spiritual advice is not the same thing as gossiping. No, nope. I'm not going to you and being like, let me tell you what he, what just, he did. just did to me. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's totally different. So, yeah, I was completely appalled because they were full on. I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily the spousal, even though they both were kind of going off on their spouses. It was the way they were talking about their children. Oh. And to me, I mean, Mm-mm. nobody's kids are perfect. My kids aren't perfect. No. But I tell you what, I would, I would be so... I don't even know the word. I would just have so much dislike for myself if I went up to somebody and was like, I can't stand my kid. They're a terror. I, da, 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 can you, this is how he's talked to me. What, you don't know. No, you don't get to speak those Mm-mm. things out on your Mm-mm. children. You don't get to, you, you can say. Because what you speak over them, they will ultimately yes, become. They will. Because they don't know any better. And you have authority over your children because that's a God given authority and the things that you speak to them. I, you know, I got to find this. My mom sent this to me the other day and it was so cool. Yeah. I mean. Because, you know, when you're raising children, they don't know what's normal. No. And so whatever you do in your household, they see that as normal. So if you speak out abuse or you're neglecting or you're speaking out curses over your children, they think that's normal. And guess what that does? That could, that 
creates a generational mm-hmm. curse so that that's what their children are going to do and the next generation and the next generation. So everything that you are doing in this place right now has is either going to make or break your future generations. And you don't do that. This, this little article that she sent me, it is crazy. It says, when pregnant, the cells of the baby migrate into the mother's bloodstream. Yes. And then they circle back into the baby. It's called fetal maternal microchimerism. That is a long word. <laughs> for 41 weeks, now listen to this part. It says, for 41 weeks, the cells circulate and merge backwards and forwards. And after the mm. baby is born, many of these cells stay in the mother's body, leaving a permanent imprint in the mother's tissues, bones, brain, and skin. And they often stay there for decades. Every single child the mother has afterwards will leave a similar imprint on her body too. Even if a pregnancy doesn't go to full term, or if you have an abortion, these cells still migrate into your bloodstream. Mm. Research has shown that if a mother's heart is injured, fetal cells will rush to the side of the injury and change into different types of cells that specialize in mending the heart. Mm. The baby helps repair the mother while the mother builds the baby. Wow. And it said, how cool is that? This is often why certain illnesses vanish while pregnant. But it's incredible how mother's bodies protect the baby at all costs, and the baby protects and rebuilds the mother back so that that baby can develop safely and survive. I mean, isn't that... And, so, That's so powerful. and it goes to attest how amazing our Lord is and his just absolute love and devotion and just wisdom and all of it. But that imprint is there forever. And you are part of the baby and the baby forever. is part of you. And you don't get to say bad things about your children. You don't get to speak ill to them or about them. Because you know what? Satan hears those things and he will in turn take everything that you say and use it against you and against your kids. Absolutely. And Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, Mm -hmm. that it may benefit those who listen. How does gossip, slander, and bringing people down benefit those who are listening? Right. Doesn't. And here's, here's the thing. And we are all, I am guilty of gossip. I cannot say I've never gossiped. I totally did, especially as a teenager. Oh my gosh. Okay. But as I've gotten older, the more like I've realized that if someone's going to gossip to me about somebody else, I know they're going to gossip about me to somebody else too. I know they are. So that's where I'm just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not going to associate myself with you because you're going to air out everyone else's dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. I have some people in my life, love them as I do. I do not give them details of my life just because I know that they're a gossip. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. And then, you know, what happens is when you start gossiping, people put their own two cents in and they, you know, the story becomes twisted and like all of this other stuff. And then it like turns into like this massive rumor that wasn't even like it was the farthest thing from the truth. And it just like it ruins people. Yeah. But like especially watch over your spouse. Like I'm really on the spouse thing. I know you're on the kids thing. I'm on the mm-hmm. spouse thing because like what you're like what you and your spouse do to each other will ultimately lead into your children. Mm-hmm. And so and kids can feel that. Oh, so, so much. If you think that, like, you and your husband screaming 
isn't going to affect your kids. And even though your kids are in the room that they can't hear it, they know what's going on. Kids are way smarter than we give them credit for. They know. You have to build each other up. I mean, that that's the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. That is the one person in front of God and everybody you became one flesh with. So like I said, what you speak to your spouse, you're speaking to yourself mm-hmm. as well. And I know it's hard, like in the heat of the moment or, you know, when you're frustrated or you're just, you've got a lot going on. I get that. But you, like spouses need to be rooted in the word of God together, not separately. Yes, of course, you need to have your own separate faith journey. But like you got, you like I, I, I want a marriage where my husband and I sit down and we read the word together. Mm-hmm. We speak the word over each other. We pray over it because once again, he's my flesh and I'm his flesh. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that we're on the same page. And I'm not even thinking remotely I'm going to have a perfect marriage, but a marriage that is rooted in the word of God and rooted in the love of God is a marriage that I think can withstand all of the storms. Yeah. And then what you and your spouse do together, you ultimately teach your children. You know, this book also says that faith is caught. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff is caught. So, you know, I have a couple in my church, we're actually going to have them on the podcast, that I look at them and I'm like, those are couple goals right there. Yeah. You know, and it's and you can see the fruits that they have and you could see the work that they have put into their marriage and the fruit of God in their life, because then it comes across in their children Mm -hmm. and then that their children um, speak stuff out like that kindness over other kids. And you can just kind of like see how it just is like this big ripple effect. But, you know, I grew up in a house where my parents fought all the time. And I remember wondering, you know, how many times I'm like, I, are they going to split up? And I just remember feeling that unease. And, you know, they, they worked it out. They they did great. But I just, I, I remember that was like very uneasy. And I hated sometimes how they spoke to each other. And I was like five or six at the time, you know, and I'm not dissing on anybody. But I just remember as a kid, like seeing that, you know, and I've talked to my parents. They know exactly how I'm feeling um, or how I felt. But it, it's just such a powerful thing. And I mean, I feel like also that's why like Satan is so after marriages because he knows that it also affects the most vulnerable, which are children. And so your words over your spouse and over your family, like what can make or break your family. We were doing the gentleness for the spirit this week in Sunday school. And you're talking about how smart kids are. Oh man. And the majority of the kids in my Sunday school class are probably five and six mm-hmm. and maybe five, six, seven. But I was talking about how much Jesus loved the children above everything, mm-hmm. above all loves children. But we were talking about how Jesus spoke to children and not just children, everybody. Even when he was being persecuted and mm. yelled at and having all these terrible things spewed at him, he still spoke kindly and gentle to them. And so we were kind of going over that. And then I played this little clip of The Chosen because it's amazing. Oh, I love The Chosen. But it was just Jesus talking to these kids. And it was just this little short clip. 
and we dim the lights and the music's kind of playing and I'm kind of interjecting things in there and mm-hmm. had this little girl in there and she was kind of struggling at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She, she's, I, I don't know her, her situation, but she was struggling and she's been a little hesitant to, I mean, sweetest thing in the entire world, cute as a button. Mm-hmm. Like one of those girls you see and you just want to pick up and love. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to her and she decided to stay. And she's five and we were showing her this clip, them the clip. And at the very end, Jesus is talking about how precious. It's like, you, you children, you mm-hmm. are so precious to me. And in that moment, I could feel the Holy Spirit just envelop that whole room. Mm. And I looked at my mom and she and I both just had tears. And we looked over at this little girl and she had tears. And it wasn't the tears from the beginning of, I don't know if I want to stay. She was captivated. And I knew like the thing that I felt like the Spirit speak to me was she got it. Yes. And like she looked at me and I'm going to get emotional now too. And I started crying and I I had to take a breath. And of course my daughter's looking at me and she's whispering, why are you crying? And, um, and I was so overwhelmed. And I told him, I said, you guys, Jesus loves you so much. Mm-hmm. Like we forget that we forget get how loved we are Mm. and especially these kids I mean it is just so powerful and it's so simple and he just wants he just wants us to love like he loves us and it's so so simple I mean we go out through our days and we hold all this anger and these grudges and this bitterness and this you know the devil's just worked us over and there was uh, something I actually read out of the book last night and it was another one of those gut check moments Mm -hmm. and it said if the devil has any place in your life you gave it to him oh hold up yep no but listen it says it says you might not have known what you were doing or you might have given him place through negligence negligence means you refuse to exercise your authority as a believer In other words, you refused to do what is right. Another way the devil got in was through disobedience. Oh, man. You knew what the word said, and you refused to do it. Therefore, you opened the door to the devil. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, talk about God. Sorry, I'm trying not to, like, blow everyone's, like, eardrums out. Yeah. What chapter was this in? It's, it's, Did I miss this? It's towards the end of the book. It's called Unforgiveness, the Biggest Enemy to Faith. It's chapter 32. Okay, I haven't gotten that far yet. Oh, yeah. my God. That hit that hit mm-hmm. me like a ton of bricks. It's, yeah, probably one of the most powerful things that I've read out of this book in every if chapter. If the devil the- has place in your life, it's because you let him have it. You gave it to him. Wow. Yeah. And it's true. It it's true. Now, that doesn't mean that you know, with um, that it's not us saying that 
any hardship you have in your life, you earned. Right. That's, that's not, not what it's it. saying. That is not what it's saying whatsoever. And I, I rebuke the type of Christianity that is like, oh, you're having hardships. What sin did you do? Yep. Um, just go read the whole book of Job. Job. Yeah. Like, go yep. read Job. Because he, it says he was a righteous man upstanding before God. Mm-hmm. And he had all sorts of stuff come against him. And, you know, his friends were like, oh, well, you're in sin. You're in sin. You're in sin. And Job was like, no, I'm not. And then the Lord comes and he, like, looks at his friends. He's like, he wasn't in sin. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to go pray over you while you go sacrifice some animals. And because of his prayer, I will not deal with you as you so deserve. But it was also because Job did get that was his one, I guess, flaw in all of that was that because his friends were talking to him like that, he got a little bitter. He little got bit. a little bitter because he, he entertained it. Yep. He opened the door. Yep. He opened the door and he got bitter. But the minute he released that mm-hmm. and allowed himself to forgive his friends for mm-hmm. being that, yep, that's when all of the healing started. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's not what we're saying. Um, I, I, and I remember I've had some people say that in my life where they're like, oh, this, ha- this is, this is because you're, you're in sin. Like th- not every hardship is because of sin. Yeah. The Bible says that, uh, that's like, we're going to have hardship regardless yeah. if we're righteous or not, because we live in a broken world and the devil is coming after us. However, if you open the door for the devil, he will come in yeah. and, you know, and have place in your life. And have place in your life. And every moment that I can think back into my past where it was dark and he, the devil had a hold on me, it is because I allowed it yep. to happen. And it was because I was not acting in obedience yep. to God's word. That is, That was my biggest door that I opened for the enemy. Yep. Now that that door is shut, I have to stay diligent in my obedience in order to do that. That was that's powerful stuff it's talking about unforgiveness of others unforgiveness of self and it kind of went on to say it said unforgiveness will get inside you and make your heart calloused so Mm. your faith won't respond or work properly and then you will begin to question god's abilities and won't be able to receive from him and yes it's so true and forgiveness is the biggest door open for the enemy and Satan unforgiveness. loves that. Absolutely. He wants to sit there and tell you, oh, she doesn't like you. I wonder what you did. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes to taunt you. He likes to make you question it. Maybe you don't even know. Do you know probably half the people that you're holding a grudge for, they don't even know that you have a grudge on them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> Say it louder for the people Half in the, the back. people that you have a grudge and you're holding a grudge on don't even know. They're living life. They don't care. That you are, yeah, that you have a grudge on them. They're going through life. They're not like, oh, I wonder if they still haven't forget. No, they don't care. They don't care. No. And if they do care, they'll apologize. Yeah. And they'll, and they'll seek restoration. However, you have to forgive from apologies you never got. Yeah. That's hard. That is so hard. super hard. But that's what we're called to do. Yeah. And I've been on this whole thing, like in the scheme of things, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. And I've been telling my kids and just reiterating over and over and over. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, kid. Doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, Jesus doesn't want you to focus on this. So let it go. Let it go. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It is 
one of the most common things that we do because we speak so many words a day. But we have to change the way that we, and you, like you said, it's, we, it grows on us. Faith grows through us. And even when you're sitting there, and you know, when I was sick, even though I wasn't getting healed right away, mm-hmm. I kept speaking it and speaking it and speaking it. And there was a point that I was sitting there and I was like, this isn't just what they're telling me it is. Like, I feel something is not right in my body. And mm-hmm. so what I'm doing is I'm going to speak it. Yep. And speak it. In the name of Jesus, yep. it is healed. By his stripes, I am healed. Yep. You know, and and it's, you know, and then you also have to make sure that you have friends that can speak that faith over mm-hmm. you. But we speak on average 7,000 words a day. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that they count. I figured it'd be higher. Mine is definitely higher. <laughs> Kittery's text alone or seven. No, no <laughs> girl, sometimes. But here's the thing. I never send it like in a whole paragraph. It's, it's like a sentence at a time. And then you'll like look at your phone and you have seven text messages from me. And it was something I could put it all into. That's my toxic trait. <laughs> That's my red flag. But yeah, we speak 7,000 words a day at least Women are, are, I guess, are supposed to be a little bit higher, whatever. But um, but we got to make them count. Out of 7,000 words a day, if, if 5,000 of those words are negative, like, mm-hmm. what, are we, what are we doing? Yeah. That's why you just need to keep your mouth shut half the time. That's, that's hard for me to do sometimes. Before you speak, pray. Before you yes. act, pray. Before you think, pray. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There was, there's another verse that um, just really popped out to me um, about speaking, and it's Matthew 17, 20. And it says, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move, You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. It doesn't say think to the mountain. It doesn't say wish to the mountain. It says say to the mountain, move here. Jesus, when he was with his disciples, when he, he, he passed by a fig tree, that was not producing fruit. A what? A f- fig. Oh, fig. I, th- tree. I thought you said think tree. Fig. Fig. <laughs> F-I-G. Fig tree. Fig. And he, you know, and, and he, he cursed it and it withered and he says, you will no longer bear fruit. And then his apostles were like, oh my gosh, bro, did you just see what he did? That was rad. They didn't sound like that. I don't even know where that came <laughs> Peter from. Peter maybe, but. May- maybe Peter. But, and then Jesus looks at him. He's like, you'll do cooler things than that. Mm-hmm. You can say, you can literally say from this mountain, move from here to there and it will go. And the Bible is literal. So when it says that he spoke to a fig tree and it withered, it He literally literally spoke to a fig tree and it literally (laughs) withered. Yeah, and I think people have such a tendency. That's why I make my kids hold their Bibles. And every class, I I make them repeat. Mm -hmm. The Bible is the truth, the absolute truth. Everything in the Bible is the truth. And it's people that are sit there, oh, that didn't really happen. That's a, and guess there was parables. Yes, we, we yes, all know course. that. But when this says it withered, it withered. And it goes all the way back to everything we've been saying about the words, speaking to the water, speaking to this. When we speak, that is power. Because that's yeah. what God gave us. He gave us power in our words. And and his word, his biggest word is the word of God. It is 66 books written by 40 plus different authors. I can't exactly remember how many authors off the top of my head. Over 1,500 years. 
You show me one other book in history that has that big of a time span between books, differences of authors, and like a lot of people are like, yeah, it was written by 40 men. You know, not the word of God. Meh. Like, <laughs> what voice is this? I don't, I don't know. I need to be like a voice actor, I swear. It would be so cool. But, you know, it's like, uh, no. A lot of the books of the Bible were firsthand eyewitness accounts to mm-hmm. what happened, you know. And so they're like, let me, I've, I've been doing a lot of research on this because a lot of people are trying to do that. Show me one other book in history that has that big of a time span, that many authors, and it still does not contradict itself. Right. And to be a contradiction means that it is true and false at the same time. That's what, it, that's yeah. what a true contradiction means. You know, they're like, oh, well, this book says this, but this book says this. Yeah, it's still true. But everything is backed, not everything just, is backed by yeah, itself. Archaeological, archaeological evidence, all of that. That's, yeah. I mean, they've hidden sea scrolls, all that stuff. That stuff is yeah. legit. Yeah. Yeah. And if the word of God speaks love over his people and we are called to do what he does, then we are called to speak love over people, including ourselves. Mm-hmm. Including ourselves. Including ourselves. Yeah. Including your spouse, no matter how badly they made you mad this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, including your children, no matter how much they scream and yell mom a billion times a day, you know, or whatever, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to make people feel like they have to be perfect because that's not where I'm getting at at all. We have to be intentional with everything that we do. Mm-hmm. I, you can have a bad day. You are 1000% allowed to have a bad day, multiple bad days. However, we have to just still be very cognizant and very aware and very intentional with what we do because what we do matters and what we say matters because out of the abundance of them of the heart the mouth speaks mm-hmm. and that's super super important and it's not we're not trying to minimize the mistreatment if you're being mistreated if we're you're not being abused yeah that's a whole different we're not story. trying to do that now let me you know i've been in an abusive relationship and that forgiveness was something that was really, really Mm. tough for me. It took Mm -hmm. me many years to get to the point to where I was able to let that go. Abuse is physical bruises can heal. Mm. Um, And I'm not, I'm not um, discrediting one form of abuse over another. That's not what I'm getting at, but physical bruises heal, but the mental an emotional turmoil that abuse brings takes miraculous healing by God. Yeah. The verbal. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is, it, it holds, and again, not minimalizing the, the physical of anything. Absolutely not. The verbal abuse. Mm. And I think it all goes back to what we know about words now and yeah. speaking. That is, that is tough. And, It does not make any of it right. And so we're not trying to say, no, you know, forgive the mistreatment. No, we're not saying that. No, God, and God does not want you in an abusive relationship right. at right. all. That's not what he, that, that is so far outside of the, the, the confines of marriage and relationships that he allows. Everyone's like, oh, well, the Bible says you can only get divorced if he cheats on you. No, that's. You have to kind of look at the Greek and the Hebrew of those words. And it, it, it actually, when you break it down, it talks about um, the covenant of marriage and like what, what is acceptable behavior in a marriage. Abuse is 
not what God calls you to stay in. No, not at whatsoever. all. And there was a, a quote that was in this book and it, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm years past forgiveness point, which I'm so grateful for because it, it really took me a long time. And let me tell you, it was absolutely worth it. I never thought it would be. The forgiveness aspect? The forgiveness aspect. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to forgive. I didn't want to. I wanted to be very angry and mad about the whole situation and, you know, the repercussions of it. But finally figuring out how to forgive was so freeing and felt so spiritually good. And the, this book says, anytime you're feeling mistreated, you know the devil is working on you. And mm. that's really true because God didn't call us to feel mistreated. No. It just goes back to the whole crumpled paper thing. And you do not get to say, this is how I'm going to think about myself because this is what the world did to me. Mm -mm. Even though, as I said in the beginning, I think that's kind of where we've struggled is because we have a lot of that residual words mm -hmm. um, that, that were spoken on us that really kind of helped to shape us a little bit and put us where we're at, where we struggle with things sometimes, but we always have to pull ourselves back. And that's what we were saying in the beginning. It's really hard. It's really mm -hmm. hard to sit there when you're feeling all these things that somebody's spoken on you, but to sit there and say, no, even though I am just broken right now, God loves me. I am mm. a child of God. He created me whole. God thinks that I am beautiful, that I am perfect. I am an heir to the throne yep. of the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely. Yeah. I will, you know, I will have a crown put on my head, you know, like all of that stuff. And it's just, it, it's so powerful. And, you know, I can, like, I still remember some of like the verbal abuse. I can still remember stuff from 10 years ago that boyfriends spoke over me. And like, you remember it. It's going to stick with you, but it is up to me. It is up to us to not allow it to have power mm -hmm. over us. And, you know, I, I think I said this in our, our episode in season one about forgiveness is unforgiveness. We think holding a grudge or not forgiving somebody keeps the other person in chains when really the chains are put on yourself. Mm -hmm. And that unforgiveness is so freeing. So like, you know, that's something that somebody might, one of our listeners, one of you guys at home might have to work through. But, the, you know, the, we're, we're really talking about that verbal stuff and how when you speak out stuff, life and death is in that power of that tongue. And you just got to have to, you have to go lay it at Jesus's feet. Yeah, it says Matthew 7, 1, judge not that ye be not judged. And... That's kind of what unforgiveness is in some spots, is that you're sitting there judging that person. Mm -hmm. You're not worthy of yep. of forgiveness because right. of this. Well, none of us are. None of us. Absolutely not. He goes on and he says, stop criticizing others. Be careful not to judge others when you see them fall. Don't say, I would never do that because in six months you may be doing something worse than that. Yep. And... It's, I used to, I used to do that pre, pre-parent. I was like, oh my gosh, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. I would never, why are they letting their kid do that? Why? And 
you became a mom and you're like, I became a mom and I was like, I get that. I totally get that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not our place at all. And to sit there and it's a call. It is a call to say, stop talking about people. Stop saying when somebody stops you on the street, they just suck the life out of me for 10 minutes. God, maybe just put them in your path because Mm -hmm. they needed you. And is that a missed opportunity? Absolutely. Like you don't get to make that decision. Right. So what if they, it's not a convenient time. Yep. God opened that door for them to come in in that moment. Yeah. And we're not going to be perfect, but we're trying to be progressing. Yeah. In a good way. That's, that's, yeah. And that's all that God calls us to be is, he loves us how, how we are, but he, he doesn't want us to, he doesn't, he never wants to keep us where we are. Mm-hmm. He wants to take us higher all the time. And it really starts with what are you telling yourself in your mind? What are you speaking out over yourself? What are you speaking out over others? Jesus can heal anything. He can heal cancer. He can heal a broken heart. Yep. He can heal somebody, um, you know, in the trench, trenches of abuse, he can heal. He has that power. And as Christians, we are given that authority and we are given that power. And the world is not going to get any better. So we need to raise up an army of warriors who knows the weapons they have mm-hmm. and knows the power that they have. But here's the thing, though. Like, the enemy, the enemy is already de- defeated. Oh, Always. Has been. So you've already won. So start speaking like you've already won. Claim your victory. Yes. Tell, you know, whatever mountain you have in front of you in your life, whether it's marital problems, children problems, you have health problems or whatever. I don't care what the do- diagnosis is. I don't care what the situation is. With God's power, the miraculous can happen. So tell your mountain to move and it will be moved. Or it becomes, like we said last week, a range. Yeah, or it becomes a mountain range. Yeah, yeah. It literally says, "Tell you, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move." And so that that is what is your mountain? You have to sit there and say, "Okay, cancer is my mountain, or a bad marriage is my mountain, or um, you know, a a needing my job." That's Mm -hmm. pretty common. My job is my mountain. And so you get there to sit there and you say, in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. my my bad marriage is my mountain. We are so, going to be thriving. We will yep. be worshiping the Lord. The, uh, my marriage is healed. Hearts will be healed in Jesus' name, you know. Yep. And you speak that and you speak it the next day and the next day and the next day. And maybe it takes two years and all of a sudden your husband comes home and maybe it's your wife comes home yep. and they're like, you know, something happened to me today and all of a sudden your prayers are answered. So maybe it took two years, but if you hadn't been praying, maybe it never would have happened. Amen. And so you have to continue to have the faith, the spirit of faith and mm-hmm. keep speaking it and believing it. Those are the two things. You can't speak and not believe, and you can't believe and not speak. You can't just think these things into your head. The Bible says we have to speak them out. Mm-hmm. And it we've covered that. Sometimes it feels super weird. 
Yeah. But the more you do it, it's very, it gets very natural. Oh, you become a warrior, man. Like you might be timid at first, you know, like I I talked about on the first episode, I practiced. Mm -hmm. And then by the end, I was just like, and in Jesus, and I was just everywhere. And it was just, I just felt powerful. And like, that's, that's the thing about the Holy Spirit is he never gives his soldiers paper swords Mm -hmm. to, to fight with. He gives you swords of steel, something that cannot be broken, something that cannot be dented. He empowers. He doesn't want to leave you feeling weak and vulnerable because he gives you his strength to do it. His strength is the only strength that we operate in. It is not our own. Mm -mm. It is all by his strength that we get through the hard days, that we get through the bad marriage, that we get through the cancer diagnosis. And sometimes you just, before you even get out of bed, say, Lord Jesus, I stand in your strength today. Because it goes back to the whole, let the weak say that I am strong. Amen. And it doesn't mean if it's a physical weakness, a mental weakness, a financial weakness, whatever, you speak the prosperity over your body. I am healed and blessed financially, physically, Mm. mentally, emotionally, whatever it needs to be, you speak it out and you stay strong in it and you find your word and you get in the word and you read that daily and you speak God's truths out loud and you meditate on them and you don't skip it day. You are in it all the time because that is what it is there for. Because in the scheme of things, that is what matters. It does not matter what so-and-so down the block thinks of your new fall outfit. Who cares if they think that you're too short to be wearing boots that tall? Who cares? You know, it just does not matter. And the biggest thing, you know, that the Bible says about forgiveness is that you start praying for your enemies. And that's hard. Yeah. Very hard. But I challenge you that the next time somebody makes you feel mistreated, instead of holding on to that, you turn around and say, Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing on them. I pray that whatever is making them hurt, you heal. I pray that if you can use me in their life, that you will do so because I am your child and I am willing and this is my call. Hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Yep. I say that a lot. And yeah, I mean, and even, even if... Praying over them doesn't soften their heart. It softens yours. And it, it, it helps you see people in compassion the way Jesus would see them. So start speaking. I say all the time, it doesn't matter. My, my daughter laughs at me. Does anything matter? Things matter, absolutely. But when emotions get high, when we start feeling bad about ourselves, that's the first thing I tell myself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters? Jesus matters. What he says about me matters. What he says. Who I am in Christ matters. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I believe yep. matters. So those 7,000 words on average that we speak a day, we need to make them count. Yeah. Start making them count. And not saying don't go enjoy life or whatever and make every single waking moment, which we technically should be in prayer all day long, But what we're saying is that the situations that you put yourself in, make it matter and take it as an opportunity. You're going to a Thanksgiving dinner with your family. 
and you're really dreading it. Because you don't see eye to eye on stuff? Yeah. Take it as an opportunity. Who are you going to have the biggest problem with? Start praying for them right now. Mm-hmm. You get in there and somebody says a snarky comment, be gentle, smile, walk away, go pray about the situation. Don't reciprocate. Come back be whole in Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. But the spirit of faith, I mean, it's a great book if you guys haven't picked it up um, or heard of it. It's definitely a read to meditate on and it'll strengthen you for sure. It will. It's got some powerful gut wrenching stuff in there and it's just honestly so simple yeah and a lot of times we tend to overcomplicate things when Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier than we thought yeah and that's just it god didn't give us all these religious rules to live by and to make things work it's not it's not you have to do this 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 and this and this the only thing he asks of us is to believe and speak you took the words right out of my head <laughs> right out of my head because yeah. it's the truth it, it absolutely is i feel like that's a a really good place to allow things to meditate yeah and soak in we will see you guys next week like. bye oh wait what yeah i was gonna say like subscribe she's trying oh. she just says she just says bye she doesn't bye. even she's not gentle like, subscribe share we love you <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> No, I just just ripped the band-aid off. I have to go to the bathroom. Really? Okay, that's what it is. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>